I'm going to talk about injustice and the fact that we need to face up to the fact there is so much injustice around us, within us, and most of the time our reaction to it, mine included, is there's just a difference because we're so used to it and it's so the um, temperature that's around us that we, we don't even see it most of the time. We've been going through a lot of um, script, lots of different scriptures, landing on two or three, but uh, Chris has put them all up, I hope, for me. Uh, maybe. Well, Chris has a list, so <laughs> we have a fighting chance of having the scriptures. But I don't know what you think of when you... when somebody says to you, I'm going to talk about injustice or justice, whether it's the, the one word or the, um, the antonym of it, the opposite... I don't know what comes to mind, whether it's other words or images or something. Fairness, doing the right thing, whatever it is. But actually, if you, please, I'm, I'm going to use the scriptures and I'm praying you feel as uncomfortable as I do <laughs> at the end of it. But I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. But I am. But I'm not. But I am. I'm not being nasty. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just going to hold a mirror up. Uh, I remember those of us that are old enough and into these things. What's his name? Oh, Bono from U2, uh, the Joshua Tree uh, tour, which turned into the album Rattle and um, Drum. Rattle and Hum. Rattle and Drum. What is it? Yeah. One of those, isn't it? Yeah. When he's just gone, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Hoist with my own petard again. Um, <laughs> And he, he sings on there, and he's in, he's actually in America, it's a live gig in America, and it's a song about American injustice um, called, called Red Hill Mining Town, which is why I remember it, because that's where Wendy's from. We got married in, we got married in Rygate. Red Hill, we got married in Red Hill. We had the reception in Rygate, that's right, I remember. Just like it was yesterday. <laughs> Not 32 years ago. <laughs> um... And he goes, at the end of the song, it's the, the, the last line of the song, and they, and they run, and the last line is, into the arms of America, which, if you know the lyrics of the song, is horrible, because it means America is doing it wrong. And Bono did the great thing. He, he went to the, the, the audience, I nearly said congregation, he went to the audience, and they run, and the whole audience went, into the arms of America! Hooray! And of course, he went, really? Really? And then he said, am I making you feel uncomfortable? Well, I mean to make you feel uncomfortable. So I apologize in advance. Because scripture isn't supposed to be comfort. It brings us comfort when we're diseased. It eases us in our dis-ease and discomforts us in our comfort. I was told that by a very wise man a long time ago, the beginning of ministry. That's your job. Bring comfort for the uncomfortable and discomfort the comfortable. So it's one of those tonight. And I promise you I'm as uncomfortable as anybody else. If you've all switched off online, I, I understand what's going on. But there we go. Let's see what happens. 
Maybe you're sitting there going, oh, no, he's going to get all political on me. He's going to start talking about politics. He's going to start... I don't do politics. Well, if you don't do politics, you might as well rip up two-thirds of your Bible. Desmond Tutu did that once when he was speaking out against apartheid in uh, South Africa. He actually went to the leaders of the, of the National Party and he said, this is the Bible you believe in. And it was this slim little volume. And they said to him, you know, but that's not the whole Bible. He said, no, it's not. And he opened it and he torn out every page and reference that countered apartheid. And he was left with about 40 pages. And of course, a number of them claimed to be Christians, but couldn't, a lot of them just couldn't see the injustice of what they were doing because it was normal. And that's the problem we have with injustice, is we often cannot see it because it's normal. That's why the Black Lives Matter stuff really upset a lot of people, because we can't see it because it's normal. Those microaggressions, those, that, that level of institutionalized and structural racism that we're part of. Are you racist? No, neither am I. But we are because we maintain the status quo and we maintain the structures and we maintain everything that's there. So therefore, it's a problem. And we're part of the problem. Thank God we can be part of the solution. But... Oh, I don't do big issues. I just do my family and try and follow Jesus. Well, do you know what? If you're serious about following Jesus, like I am, you want to do Jesus ministry, Jesus way. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? You want to do Jesus ministry, Jesus way? Matthew 12. Matthew 12. So, somebody do the word. So, I think Chris is praying for somebody online. So, we suddenly had two things. We did. I didn't know we had a pray online button. When people requested prayer, that's why I went to Alice and went. What do we do now? How does this work? Um, yeah, yeah, turn it off next week. It's easy. Here is my servant, whom I've chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim love and peace and comfort to the nations. says justice, doesn't it? He will proclaim justice to the nations. He'll not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Till he leads justice to victory. So do you want to do Jesus' ministry Jesus' way? Well, let's proclaim justice to the nations. Or screw them for every penny we can get out of them. What do we want to do? Oh, sorry, that's the British history. When somebody from the Indian subcontinent turns around and tells me I shouldn't be in their country, I agree with them. Because we bled the nation dry. And we're still held in high esteem. It's crazy. When Wendy and I stood at the front of a group of Kenyan pastors with other guys from the UK and repented in front of them for the way Britain had treated East Africa. 
and Kenya especially, they couldn't believe it that a white man was saying sorry. Because that's not their experience. Rubbish, isn't it? The arrogance and the superiority. Is it us now? We've always got a solution. Or maybe it's the Americans that have taken that role on. Or maybe it's the Russians that take that role on in other parts. Or the, well, the Chinese in other... Please, I'm not just having to go at the Brits. It's justice to the nations. But it starts with us. I'm fed up with being told all poor people are lazy. I'm fed up with being told all black people are criminals. I'm fed up with being told... Fill your gap. In this country, poor people, those under a certain economic level, are more likely to commit crime. And within the black population, there are more people on that economic level. So guess what? You guys have heard me before. Can I trust my kids with that man when we ask Colin and Jen to join us? I assume it's because he's from Birmingham rather than because he's black. But I've got a feeling it's not. Londis. We don't want to shop in Londis. We don't want to shop over there. Heard with my own ears. People in the area. Well, what, we don't need a packy shop. Really? thought we were beyond some of these things, but we're not, are we? Justice is one of the foundational building blocks of the kingdom. Do you want to see the kingdom come? And God's will be done on earth as in heaven. If you don't, then you know, we're reading the wrong Bible, or you're reading a different one to me, and we're saying the wrong Lord's Prayer regularly. We want to see the kingdom come. I want to see the kingdom come in worship. I want to see the kingdom come in the, the release of the gifts of the Spirit. I want to see the kingdom come in all that stuff. But if we forget justice, what's the point? It's just warm and fuzzy and nice. Oh, oh and we see a few people healed and people come to faith. I remember a story written by Adrian Plass. I don't know how many of you remember him. Um, the the Christian parody of Adrian Mole. And it was a story about the second coming of Jesus. And Jesus had come back and he was being looked after by someone. And this guy was taking him around different places and he'd, he'd bought him a new suit to wear. And they went on to the London Underground. And they went down and there was a, one of those uh, guys uh, busking, uh, dressed in very poor clothes. He only had one arm, but he still had a... He had a pick attached to his arm and he was playing his guitar and he was busking and the guy that was looking after Jesus went he's going to give him his new he's going to give him his new suit isn't he that new suit that I went out to buy him he's going to give him his new suit why is he going to give him the suit I've only just bought him the suit I've only just given that to Jesus I've only just given that as a worship to Jesus why is he going to give it to that man and of course he, he went on ahead 
And Jesus came up the escalator. I love, I love those stories because they're in just our experience. Adrian Plass got a number of those things absolutely spot on. And Jesus comes up the escalator dressed in the man's rags. And the guy, oh, so offended that what he'd given to Jesus as a gift was now being used to clothe the poor. And he said to Jesus, why did you do that? And he said, you need new clothes when you've got a brand new arm. We want to see the brand new arm, but we don't give a monkeys about the brand new clothes. <laughs> That's the charismatic church all over, I'm afraid. Not everywhere, not everybody. Please, if you're standing up where you are and doing your bit, cheer me on and don't feel uncomfortable. <laughs> all right? But we want to see the miracle, but we don't want to see the pain and the change that means the miracle. Do you know, I'd love to be in a place where actually we don't need some of the miracles because some of the things that happen that means we need miracles don't happen because we've changed the way the world is. Rather than change it for an individual, we've changed it for everybody. Some of my great heroes of faith are people like William Wilberforce who campaigned for the whole of his life for one thing. The abolition of, not just the slave trade, but of slavery. Not just of slavery, but the slave trade. The whole thing. And it took him his whole life. Or Lord Shaftesbury, who brought in all the legislation that changed child working. Am I offline? We're, we're beeping, is that? No? Are we all right? That's a car alarm. Anybody recognize it? No? Yeah. Denise, Denise recognises it. She's just going to go and have a look. We won't wait for you. Is that all right? We'll keep going. You haven't got your car keys. Go on, are you going? Oh, it's got stopped. Okay. Right. Justice is an essential part of God's character. 2 Chronicles 19. Hello. They're going to come a bit thick and fast now, Chris. 2 Chronicles Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill uh, country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. He appointed judges in the land in each of the fortified cities. He said, consider carefully what you do, because you're not judging for man, but for the Lord, who is with you whenever you give a verdict. You're not judging for man. What Martin was saying this morning, which we've said time and time again, we're not judging by our standards. We're judging by God's standards. The God's standards are flipping radical. And they're painful to those who are in the positions of power and prosperity. I love it when I come across Christians who make huge amounts of money and give away huge amounts of money. Because they get, they get it. I don't mind them making the money as long as they give it away and use it for the kingdom. And I don't just mean for they use it for proper kingdom stuff. Not just a new building that they can put their name on, sponsored by... Hebrews, sorry, where are we? Hebrews 1.8. 
The son, but about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness, in other versions, justice, will be the scepter of your kingdom. The scepter, in English spelled R-E, not E-R. Anyway, um, is that symbol of authority. What is the symbol of authority? Righteousness. And righteousness, that word there should be translated justice. It's not righteousness as in I am right with God, but righteousness as in right living, which of course is right with God, but it's right living corporately. It's right living. Justice in God's Character is not about fair play or equity or legal equality. Probably in our nation, in most of the nations across the planet, is if we have equality before the law, the problem with it is the law is not equal. Because those in power, those who. You, you do realize the people that get. Oh, hello. you're sitting over there I'm drawn to the people smiling at me even though I can't see them yeah I know you are sorry Chris yeah you actually I can see your smile thank you I'm touched yeah you've got one drawn on haven't you Paul thanks where was I the people you know we do things as a nation don't we where we we give um, child, child support, and, and there's there's money given by the state, isn't there, to support people who need it. You do realise the majority of child support goes to the middle class families who know how to claim it, and the people who actually need it because they don't know how to claim it don't get it. Just saying, we claimed ours. We're all entitled to it. We're all entitled to it. We didn't go to the people who really needed it. Did we need it? Well, it helped. Of course it helped. But actually, are we helping those to claim it who do? That's why I love some of the stuff you, that Restore Hope are doing. Because it's not just about bringing the gospel to people, which is absolutely essential, but it's about helping them live. Giving them the tools to do stuff. If God's character is justice, human nature is injustice. Psalm 54 says this. That's not the verse I wanted. It's the voice I gave you and it's the voice I, verse I've got written down here, Chris. But it's not there. It might be in the rest of Psalm 54, I don't know. Sorry, that's my right. See, what happens is like you, I, I, I do a sketch of a sermon, then I do another sketch of a sermon, then I do the notes, which point the numbers may change. <laughs> so I may have written the wrong one down. Don't worry about it. Human nature is, is, well, human nature is essentially selfish, isn't it? Yeah? It's self-protecting, self-preserving. Of course it is. Look at a baby who's had no social interaction at all, they cry when they need feeding, selfish because they're hungry, but that's self-preserving. They cry when they need changing because that's self-preserving. 
Their, their behaviour is completely and utterly selfish. Because it's the way a baby survives. But we carry that on. We carry on that human injustice. Proverbs 22, 8. Please, Lord, the rest of these are right. <laughs> he, who's, sorry, yeah. he who sows wickedness reaps trouble, and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. He who sows injustice reaps disaster, and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. If we walk the paths of injustice, there will be trouble. Ezekiel 9.9. 9. The sin of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. The land is full of bloodshed and the city is full of injustice. Injustice is an exceedingly great sin in the eyes of the Lord. You can't do the podcast that I've just done reading through the Bible and, and plodding your way through the Old Testament Psalms without realising injustice is a huge issue. And it's not just Amos. I haven't got there yet. It's all over the Old oh, It's gone. It's all over the Old Testament. Amos 2.7 They the people of God, trample on the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the, dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name. That's a whole nother thing, that second uh, sentence, but we'll stick with the first part for the moment. They trample on the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the ground. When you see the people selling the big issue in the middle of Amersham, do you buy? Do you give? Some of us do, but do some of us go, I should get a proper job? I know there are a lot of people around, Christians included, who would say, no, we shouldn't support them, make it as difficult as possible for them, that'll make them work. It's one school of economic thought. And the maths adds up but the cost to people doesn't do you don't like that do you well I've just said you, you don't like the fact that it costs people their lives yeah yeah well stop voting them in then because that's the economics of the right the economics of the left doesn't work either but that thing that says cut, cut wages, cut unemployment benefit, make it as difficult as possible for people to survive so they'll work harder. They're the routes that went through and caused World War I, World War II. I'll take you through the economic history sometime if you want. But we're oblivious because we don't do that sort of stuff. I was speaking to a friend the other day. Not from this country. Who's your favourite Englishman? Winston Churchill. Oh, really? And she knew some stuff about Winston Churchill from the war. Great. I then went through his track record with her as Chancellor of the Exchequer and Home Secretary and how injustice after injustice after injustice that he'd actually perpetuated. 
turn the soldiers on those um, workers who were work, uh, standing for uh, proper wages and better conditions in Manchester in the 1920s. And he was the one that turned. He was the one advocating pay cut during the Great Depression. He, in the end, she went, oh, he's not a very nice man, is he? I went, no, he's a great war leader. The right man for the job at that moment. But he's not a very nice man, no. Well, how did he get where he got to? I said, because he's very, very selfish and power hungry. So he got where he needed to be. You know whose favourite politician he is? Whose great hero he is? No. No. She liked him. Boris has written a autobiography, uh, not an autobiography of him, a biography of him. And I think Boris wants to be Winston Churchill, actually. Well, he upheld Christian values, she said. I said, well, I took her to a piece that he'd written, actually saying how detrimental Christianity had been to the prosperity of the ruling classes. we keep talking about injustice we haven't even started on looking after the planet have we so I'm looking at Kathy here fine we're complicit but God is the place of appeal Proverbs 5 keep to a path far from her do not go near the door of her house lest you give her your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house at the end of your life you will groan when your flesh and body are spent you will say how I hated discipline how my heart spurned correction I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructions I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of of the whole assembly. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in public squares. We got a bit more, have we? Or is that it? That's it. Again, I think I've probably given you the wrong... It's in there. Go into Proverbs chapter 5. To vanquish injustice, we go back to God. He is the place of appeal. Have you acted unjustly? I have. If you're not sure whether you have, have you bought anything from a, main, a, a mainstream supermarket recently? Have you bought anything from a mainstream shop recently? Yeah? The vast majority of what we're wearing probably isn't ethically sourced, and the, peop the people who made it are probably being paid a pittance. All of us. Let alone, don't get me started on Amazon and the way they treat their workers in this country and, and worse in America. So the injustice isn't just two-thirds world, it's... But we've sort of got to do these things because we're caught into the system. Or have we? If you work out how to sort it out, let me know. I'm just raising the issues. Justice is from his presence, his spirit, his kingdom. Amos 5.24 Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. When we talk about the river, 
from the New Testament perspective and the stream from a New Testament perspective. Interesting Alan's words this morning about stepping into the stream. What imagery are we talking about? Do talk to me. Out loud? The Spirit. So where does justice come from? The, the Spirit. And the Spirit is God's empowering presence. The Spirit is His presence with us. So it's God's presence himself who bring... Oh, he's, t- he's taking it down again. Who's, who, that rolling river, that rolling river of the Spirit is his justice. Our local parish councils need, need more members, don't they? Our local one here. And David's put up something on the home group leaders um, you, that we could volunteer or will you apply for it do you know what why not start there if you think it's right if you feel God calling you to do that if you're a home group leader share it with your guys if you feel God calling tell them if they feel God calling we'll support them and you'll have a friend to sit with (laughs) if you're lucky (laughs) but why not we can start there we could start by countering the nimbyism of our local parish council. And I don't just mean our project, but the nimbyism that says, not in my backyard. For those of you who didn't know what nimbyism was. N-I-M-B-Y, not in my backyard. What a better way to bring justice to the parish council by being present, because we carry his presence wherever we go. So when Kathy said she was going to do it, part of me went, oh, it's church war. Great. It's fantastic. Because actually, what better thing to do than bring the presence of the Lord? The thing about justice is it's linked to our faith. Please, I've got this flipping passage right. Luke 18. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge, it's about justice, who neither feared God nor cared about men. Now that's not a good place to be. But I bet if you went through the bench of most of the judges of the Crown Courts in London, how many of them fear God? And how many actually give a monkeys about men? And it's just a job and a career. Please, we've had some amazing godly men and women sit on the bench in the judicial system. But, but, in a certain town there was a judge and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, you, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice (coughs) so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says and will not the God bring about justice for his chosen ones who do nothing about it and sit in their backsides? Oh no, who cry out for justice day and day night do you do that I sure as heck don't I've had times will he keep putting them off I tell you he'll see that they get justice and quickly however when the son of man comes will he find faith on the earth 
The woman's faith in the system means she bothers the judge. Stop, stop bothering me. But you know what? We won't bother God. You, you, do you know, when people call me a God botherer, I go, Amen. Because <laughs> I am a God botherer. Because I'm bothered about the things that God's bothered about. So I bother him to actually do something about it. Be careful. If you are a God botherer about injustice, he will call you to do something about it. Because he's already put it in your heart, so you, you pray to him. And therefore, it will go round the cycle, and you will need to do something about it. It's no good saying, Lord, bring justice, and then live the way we're living. Because he will look and go, sir, I thought you were bothered about injustice, but... I love it when I see the younger generation living by their principles. I love it. And I hate it because it makes me feel flipping guilty. Because I had those principles 40 years ago. And I couldn't be bothered eventually. Eventually I just couldn't be bothered. But I'm bothered again. In a different way, because I'm bothered because God is bothering me. Justice is not a concept, but an action. God's justice is seen, and this is the amazing thing. We deserve to die because of our sin, and the only just way to deal with it in the court of heaven was by the blood of Jesus. So God paid the price. There's people won't use that phrase anymore. But it's true. He paid the price of our sin so that we could be restored to righteousness, to just living. Not just living, but living justice. Sound like just living. <laughs> he paid the price. It's an action. God showed his justice for he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him shall... Come on, do you know it? It's an action. The flood was an action of justice. Wiping away the sinful nature of people. And wiping away the sinful. But then he put the rainbow, got there in the end, in the sky as a sign of his justice and his covenantal love. And that's been nicked from us. It's a different look at it. It's got different colours on it. It's not a, the full rainbow. But it's, you know, it's a symbol of his love and his justice. The flood was justice. His judgment is justice. But Jesus has made it possible. It's awesome. We need to live upright lives, right, right, lives that are right with God. By God's standard, it's obedience. It's, I'm going to use an old-fashioned biblical word that we don't use any, anymore, really. We're supposed to live holy lives. And holy doesn't mean keeping naughty words from your lips. It doesn't mean being prissy and 
Victorian and all that stuff. Because cultures are different across the world and what's acceptable in one is not acceptable in another, but it's got nothing to do with faith. Jared and Charlene, before they went back to the States, stayed with us. Huh? Had to get used to my vocabulary and the amount of beer I drank. I don't drink that much, but because where they're from, it's not the norm for Christian pastors to do that. I enjoy a beer. So what? Right, living holy is about righteousness, is about justice, is about living differently, is about not being sucked into the world, is about standing out against the injustice. Whether I don't care where the injustice is coming from, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's economic, I, I don't care. But I don't like it. So when I don't care, I'm indifferent to where it's coming from, but I'm not indifferent to the fact it's there. And let's fight it. God has promised vindication for those who are wrongly treated. And it's his mercy and love and his grace. Seek ye first... Why do I quote the AV when I do these things? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his justice, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek ye Jesus and an encounter with him and an experience with him. Then his kingdom. That's what it says, isn't it? Seek ye first. Seek first. The kingdom of God and his justice and his righteousness. Coming into land. Where's Johnny? Coming into land, mate. Hmm. I'm just going to turn it up slightly. Last thing. Even if we don't do these things, if we are silent when others do them, we are complicit. Hard one, that, isn't it? I'm okay. I don't know. I'm not like that. I don't do that. Where's he going? It always worries you when, when your worship leader disappears stage right. You know, like bang, or stage left. Sorry, that side. Um, stage right, stage right, from my side. Thank you. Thank you, English teacher. Silence means complicitness. Church, historically, has act, often actively perpetrated Injustice. During the 18th century, one of the biggest areas the church invested in was the sugar trade. What's wrong with the sugar trade? Well, remember, the sugar came back to us because slaves had gone to the Caribbean and it was the triangle. And the sugar only came back to us because we were investing in the fact that slaves were being taken from West Africa to the Caribbean. Oops. David Livingston. Great man. Yeah? Great missionary. Loved in Malawi. Got that right? Yes. 
that were near Sarawa. Yep, in Malawi. You know what he said when he got there? I've come to bring Christianity and capitalism to this land. Really? Really? Jesus wasn't a capitalist. He didn't advocate any particular economic or political system. But he did advocate justice. He was never party political, but boy was he political. Utterly political and radical. What does God demand from us about Black Lives Matter, about gender politics, about economic injustice, about green issues and stewardship of the planet? What does God demand for us? One verse, and I'm going to shut up. He's there, so I can see him. <sighs> Micah 6.8 the Lord has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. I ask you tonight, as we come back into worship, will you ask the Lord to show you where you need to act justly, where you need to love mercy, and where you need to grow in humility. Please, I'm not saying I've got it sorted and you've got to do it. I've got to get it sorted as well. If we face up to it in ourselves, we'll start to call it out in our families, in our communities, in our nations. And guess what? Then the kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. You've got a strong one because I'm not preaching again for three weeks. Hmm. Go for it, Johnny. Do the business with God at home. It's between you and the Lord. I, I just hold it up between you and the Lord. You know what you could do? You could go... Pff, He's talking out the back of his head. And just go on. I don't mind. But I think the scriptures aren't going to change. <laughs>